0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. For today's episode, number 62, we're going to take a deep dive. Talk about your career growth limitations. Join me. Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. Thank you for joining me for episode 62, where we're going to talk about your career growth limitations. Whether you're starting out as what's called an individual contributor, you're working on the ground floor, the ground level of a business, you're the one that does the hard work, the heavy lifting, so they say, or you're someone that has promoted into or Recently been awarded a management role. It doesn't matter. We all have limitations, and some of them, depending on how severe, can affect our career growth opportunities. So, with that said, let's start the discussion. Have you ever attended a meeting, whether it's in person or virtually nowadays, due to COVID's return, unfortunately? And you just couldn't really process the message or understand what the key points were that were trying to be presented. Perhaps there was some video with the presentation, other than just the person speaking, and you might have found the slide deck or the graphics just too difficult to understand, or you really couldn't follow along. If there was a presentation, perhaps it was just too much content and maybe even overwhelming, or just overloading the screen where you didn't know where to begin. And you certainly didn't know how to follow along. What if it was just a speaker, whether it was pre-recorded or live, and you just didn't seem to follow along or they didn't seem to capture your attention. It's possible that it's not you. It's possible that it's the speaker and the way that they're attempting to present their information. Many times When we have pauses in our conversation, they might feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we'll search for filler words or what are called crutch words, such as um, uh, um, and, and, um, so, uh, and then what I, what I was, um, wanted to say next, it can be difficult to have pauses, especially when you're presenting, And when that happens, you might search for those filler words, as I just mentioned. The key is to know where your difficulties are, where your limitations are, and to work on those weaknesses and improve them. Now, it's true, some of us may be a lot better at public speaking than others. Some of us may be a lot better at presenting than others. You know, it used to be that PowerPoint was raved about for all its capabilities, its graphics capabilities, font sizes, adjustments, installing photos, even video, and then pre-recorded audio and music into the soundtrack. But over time, books came out, and it was even called, one of the books, Death by PowerPoint, another one, Death by Meetings those books came out, because at least one person felt that they should speak out about the difficulties with watching presentations, attending meetings that seemed to go nowhere, or just didn't convey the message or point effectively. Now, I have a couple prior episodes talking about meeting effectiveness, so you might want to go back and check those out. I'll see if I can pull out the episode numbers a little bit later on in the show. But overall, just talking about meetings and communication for example thinking more about communication at this point and that presentation we were briefly discussing how well do you think you communicate to others when's the last time you had the opportunity to stand up and speak to an audience whether again in person or virtually how well were you prepared did you have an agenda better yet Was that agenda timed so that you had a schedule to know how long you had for each speaking point? Did you rehearse your agenda and speaking points so that you didn't fumble on certain words? Did you know when to pause and stop so that the audience can absorb the information? There's a whole lot more than just those points to help someone give an effective presentation or discussion. But those are just a few key things to make you think. How well do you deliver your message when you're talking to others? Now, truthfully, communication is what 90% of our lives evolve around. I would say the other 10% approximately is action. But if we can't communicate effectively, we're sunk because we can't receive in the information adequately and distill it, won't know how to act on it or process it then we'd need to make a decision and move forward. If we can't convey the situation that we're receiving, how will others know what's going on around us or on our projects or tasks that we're working on? Back to the original discussion point about your career growth limitations. It's always valuable to do a self-assessment. You can also speak to your peers and just ask them, hey, would you mind... T- telling me, uh, I don't know, the top three things you think that I'm pretty good at, listing them in strongest to weakest? Or, hey, you've worked with me for a while. What would you say what's one of my best points, my best selling points, if I were to, say, you know, speak to management and look for a promotion? On the other hand, I'd appreciate if we could talk candidly. What do you think there's some areas that I could improve on? Is there a particular area that's a pet peeve of yours about me? Or the way I perform work? Is there something specific that you kind of have trouble understanding when I communicate to you or when I provide you with content? Those types of situations and those types of talks can be very difficult. It can be even uncomfortable to talk to someone else about. But it's absolutely necessary, in my opinion, if you want to take a strong career growth journey. When I first had those discussions, some of which were placed upon me because I didn't realize that I had issues or limitations and I was required to sit down and be uh, informed of my challenges, let's say. Others, I started to initiate. Now, back to when that first time happened for me, I probably sat there with my arms folded, probably even defensively listened to the content and felt like, who are you to tell me what problems I have, or the fact that I'm not perfect? I bet you aren't either. So I probably didn't even hear most of the conversation, and I don't even know, way back when, if the conversation was constructive, meaning it was meant to build on and help me improve my situation. But again, over the years, I've matured personally and professionally, and I've learned to seek out that type of feedback. And by the way, if you do that, and I highly recommend that you do, don't always seek that feedback when something goes well. It's certainly an optimum time to gather feedback and to note your strong accomplishments and whatever capabilities that you used that shined during that experience. You'd like to know that and document that, that kind of sets you on the right track, showing your strengths. But don't be afraid when something's going south, when something isn't working out, To seek feedback after you've recovered from that problem, whether it's a specific task, project, or some type of large program you're working on that may last weeks, months, or years. Don't be afraid to ask for feedback. Everyone knows if you were involved in that or responsible for it that it affected you too. You might be surprised that even though you're disappointed something went wrong during your task, your assignment that actually others saw that you stepped up, took a leadership-type role, and recovered from that problem. It's always good to get feedback. Just make sure that you take it openly. And from that feedback, put in some plans in place, such as for training, coaching, or mentoring. Also, there's plenty of content online, plenty of podcasts, hint, hint, plenty of books out there that you can read on specific topics. What I used to do when I was reading books on a regular basis, I actually was reading, I had a target years ago for a couple books a month, but I found that I sometimes missed that because it was too generic, a couple books a month. As my memory retention continued and my speed reading habits, I would say, became perfected for what were good for me. I was able to read approximately one book a week. So that's what I made my requirement. That's what I made my target. And I was thankfully able to hold that and recall the information as well to help build content for podcasts such as this and help improve my personal and professional performance. But anyhow, back to that. Pick some books that you feel would help you. They don't have to be long, complicated, drawn-out technical documentation or psychological books unless, of course, that's an area that you were perceived as having a weakness or what I call one of your least strengths. From there, work to absorb some content from each chapter. Reading a whole book can be overwhelming, especially when you know that others gave you feedback that, hey, you have an area of improvement, no problem, but that might be gnawing at you while you read the entire book. Instead, maybe work on getting one, two, or three key points from each chapter, depending on how long the chapters are, and just try to apply them slowly in your life. No, you certainly don't need to read one book a week, or more than one book a week for that matter. Heck, I'd start out with a goal, maybe a book a month, just something. And make progress, one chapter a week, a couple chapters a week, whatever the case may be, and see how well you do. But again, Try to take notes and keep track of the specific points that you're interested in for self-improvement and self-growth. So back to talking about presentations. That was one of my key points that helped me put this podcast together. There's a number of things that we need to talk about. One of the key things I said earlier was communication probably is about 90% of our daily lives. I truly believe that. And there's so many different types of communication. Our outward communication, for example, can take the form of body language, posture. Those two things can actually show off our confidence levels. Just by people getting first impression of your body language and posture without you even saying one word, they slowly in their minds are building up a perceived confidence about you. Next, when you do speak, it can be about your loudness, your tone, If you make eye contact or not, and if so, for how long? Then, of course, it's also about engagement. Do you vary your pitch, vary your volume? Do you keep others engaged? While you're speaking, how are your listening skills? How are your processing skills? I always say, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should use them in that proportion. Listen twice as much as you speak. An example, when you're speaking and you need to take a breath, use the 3P rule that I've coined. Powerfully placed pauses. It helps others to digest what you've said, and it helps you take just a moment, just an extended pause, to prepare for your next speaking point. We sometimes use filler words or crutch words all too frequently the ums, the uhs, the ahs. Or there may be some crutch word that you use. Um, you, you know, so what I wanted to tell you about the other day was this accident I saw. And, um, you know, the uh, we kind of get jacked up maybe on adrenaline and just want to make sure we get our point across. But with all that said, sometimes our message gets watered down. Sometimes our filler words and crutch words can take the best of us and disconnect us and our audience from the conversation. So... Talking about outward communication, remember, take a look at your body language. How confidently you stand. Do you stand tall or sit tall and straight? Or are you slumped over to the side, arched over? Where are your shoulders? What position are they at? Are they leaning forward or, or you know, rolled forward? Are they back in place, such as a, a more confident approach? For your confidence, posture was one thing. Also, your eye contact and how often you look at someone. Are you looking down at the ground frequently? Do you typically avoid making eye contact? Or do you always look up or to the side when speaking to someone? It's important not only to have eye contact occasionally, but also to read their body language. And you can't do that if you're looking at other places. When you read their body language, think about the things that I just shared with you. Look at their posture, look at their confidence, look at their perceived engagement. If you're talking and monitoring them and their eyes might even roll around, which is unfortunate, but kind of them thinking, boy, how long is this going to go on? When do I get a chance to speak? Start to learn to pick up on those cues. If you monitor them briefly, just giving them a quick eye glance, and you notice that they're looking away or something else has caught their attention, they're likely not fully processing what you're saying because their brain is bringing in a lot more information from other sources and it's a true source of distraction. Now, it's difficult because in today's fast-paced world, we can get interruptions from all variety of things. Phones, watches, computers, just there's so much. We're saturated with this 5G and 5G plus Wi-Fi and high-speed stuff going on. Even when you're on your desktop computer, whether at home or work, in fact, before we started recording today's podcast, I had some email alerts pop up, which I forgot to turn off. I don't need those. I'm trying to focus on this podcast to give you the best content. The hard part about this conversation topic and presenting as well, whether it's one-on-one, one-on-many, in-person, or virtually, is to know your strengths, to know your weaknesses, and also to observe your audience and see what you can do to course correct. You may not get it right the first time, but you can experiment with a variety of things, including extended pauses between your talking points. If you don't seem to be getting their engagement or feedback, and you happen to know the one of the audience members' names, and it wouldn't be uncomfortable to reach out to them, say, I'd just like to take a moment and stop. Joe, I'd like to ask you, with regards to what I just spoke about, How did you interpret X, Y, Z? Or, Joe, thank you for being in attendance of my presentation. I wasn't sure if there was any particular questions you had regarding, and then feed them a brief summary from what you were talking about so that they can reconnect with you if they've wandered off. Or even back this up a little bit. Even when you're starting meetings, you can let people know that if, there's, uh, if the intention's there and if there's time, you can actually have an interactive discussion with people rather than a one-way presentation and waiting or holding questions till the end. You can let people know that you designed this presentation to be interactive and you're going to stop every now and then, stop you know at specific points to ask questions and make sure that there's understanding and engagement from the audience. Some people may not be comfortable responding or speaking in groups, but overall, it's gonna help you determine what level of information they're processing and if you need any clarifications on a slide before moving on. Also, afterwards, if you've got some notes taken or someone's helping you take notes during your presentation, you can go back in and improve your presentation if you're going to give it next time. If not, take notes on what was said, What you felt you portrayed as the message and then what the actual audience received. If you felt that it was too far off from what your message was intending, you could, if time allows, and you have the access to a particular audience member or two that you interacted with, ask to speak to them either directly after the meeting while it's fresh in their minds or ask them if you could follow up with them, whether it's a phone call, an email, what have you, just so that you could get some clarity on how you presented and what they thought. I can see that today's episode is going to be a large one, so I'm going to go ahead and break it into two or three parts. Join me next week where we continue our discussion on your career growth limitations. We're going to continue talking about communication, and next week we'll start off with your listening skills. There's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. I look forward to talking to you and hearing your feedback next week. This has been Craig Ansell for the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Hit us on social media at Craig Ansell, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And you can always reach out to me by email directly, craig at Plus, don't forget to check out our brand new website. It's really well designed, got some great content on there, and a lot of free resource downloads to help you in your personal and professional lives. Don't miss out today. Go to craigansell.com and grab your freebies.